Hey guys, welcome to episode two of a podcast for my children. I'm Kale Thomas. And I'm Chris Cox. And we're going to talk about reality versus stuff you make up in your head. What does that even mean? This podcast is like things I always wanted to tell my kids. Mm. And Chris and I have great conversations here in the office about these types of things. And we thought, why don't we just do a podcast about this? Because these are topics like, how do I teach my nine-year-old daughter about this? What am I going to say to my four-year-old son when he's scared of things in the future? Right. What do I say to myself tomorrow when I'm scared of something, you know? And and half this stuff selfishly is for me to work out in my own brain what's going on. Because very early on, I, I figured out I was kind of messed up in the head. <laughs> and that's why I was a psychology major. So, I think I, so I'll share a story with you. So, like, I'm driving... To, to an appointment and I know the person I'm going to meet on the other end might be a little upset or so, there's a breakdown that happened. Something happened. Something didn't go our way. Something didn't show up as we thought it was going to. And I'm automatically doing this thing in my mind where like, oh man, if they bring up this then I got to say this. And if they talk about this, I got to say this. And the problem with that is most of the time they don't say any of that stuff, Right. And, but I'm making it up in my head and I'm actually having like emotional reactions. Like I'm getting goosebumps or I'm getting like anxious or whatever the case may be. And it's all, it's all a bunch of BS. Right. Like it's stuff that is not based in reality and it's a waste of energy for me. Oh, totally. Yeah. So like I have to stop and ask myself like, is that, is that really true? Is that really going to happen? Like, no, I'm not saying don't go into a situation and not know what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. I think that's important. Right. But don't go into a situation with too many things that you already know. Like, if you, oh, I know how this is going to go. Like, that type of language is stuff you make up in your head right. about something that hasn't even happened yet. Oh, yeah. No, and you don't want to do that because, I mean, you're, you're putting forward the idea that things are going to go wrong. Like, if you're always anticipating that something's going to go wrong... It's going to be a lot worse for you. Like if you have the idea that I'm going into this deal or I'm like, okay, so to relate to me, I'm not the most socially inept person. Like, so like I I feel kind of like pressures to go to social situations. So I'm a business major, right? I'm supposed to go to a lot of networking events, but I always get like the, like my hands start sweating as I'm driving on the way over to these events and I'm wearing my suit and I'm like, oh no, I have to meet with people or I hope things go well and I, I'm giving out my business cards and I hope maybe this will land something, you know? And it's like, I don't really need to think that way because as soon as I get there, I end up having a great time meeting really great people with, you know, yeah. possible connections and stuff like that. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Totally. Because in your mind somewhere, you're thinking there's an unknown factor too. Right. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. This is kind of weird. Yeah. But when you get there, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people and we're, I'm sure everyone else is feeling a little weird at those things. Hey, look, when I go to a networking event yeah, as a 45-year-old man and I know half the people there, right? still sometimes it's like, okay, I got to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, right? Totally. And try and like purposely talk to people I don't know. Right. Because that's how we grow. That's how I grow my connections or, or whatever. But it's still weird for me. It's still unnatural for me. So I think people can learn to get better. Right. But it's totally natural to have, to kind of feel like what we're feeling. So, um, there's a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people have written about this topic. Um, have you heard the acronym 
fear stands for false events appearing real. Uh, that's a pretty good one because that it kind of makes like most of the stuff we're afraid of in life as adults isn't real, right? Like as kids, you're afraid of like oh, there's someone in my closet. Yeah, monsters. Like, yeah, bed or whatever. Yeah, something's gonna grab my leg if I get down. <laughs> But then as an adult, you realize like that, well, that's not the case. Yeah. No one's ever grabbed your leg. Well, maybe they have. Right. I mean, I would hope not, but (laughs) no weird monsters ever popped out of your closet and scraped you on the face. You know, like it doesn't exist. So at a certain period as an adult, you're like, okay, I'm going to let go of that one Yeah, because it doesn't serve me anymore. But the reality is we as adults still hold on to other crap. It's just a different form. Right. It's the same thing as the closet the the closet monster. Right. But it's stuff that we make up in our head. This yeah. person's going to say that to me. This person's going to be mad at me. This person's going to cancel a business deal on me. You know, whatever the case. Right. I I'm curious about that when it comes to like the psychological aspect cuz it's like is that a defense mechanism? Oh, wow. Defense mechanism on our part. Are we like then preparing for the worst? We're always like setting out the idea like if the worst possible outcome happens we are prepared for that like we don't typically think of things going the most positive way that it should because like we we always want to be like on our feet and kind of like ready at any moment to be able to kind of like pick ourselves up and move forward kind of thing so yes yeah i think it is and uh, the sad thing is a lot of times like in this safe, fairly safe society that we have, right? As opposed to when we we're cavemen or whatever, yeah, it's a lot different. Like we don't really have to rely on fight or flight a lot, right? But there's some innate thing in us that's always preparing us to not die, right? And so we make up all this crap to try to protect ourselves, but the problem is a lot of it also hinders us. Yes, so. I think in personal growth, like personal growth only flourishes in a society, a stable society. Oh, totally. Because you can't, you don't have to worry about the things that are going to literally kill you. Right. But now that we've had, we have this stable society set up, our bodies still try to def- defend against death, literally, like literal, literal physical death. Yeah. And it morphs itself into all this stuff that we make up. Like, right. Like exaggerating problems and stuff. So I think a lot of people like in business try to work on shifting away from the default of uh, overprotecting yourself. Right. Being too guarded or too jaded about things because you're afraid of what might happen. Right. And that that limits you in business because if you're afraid of things happening, you're naturally going to retreat. And that's you're not going to say. expand into the business. You're going to retreat back. Exactly. It cuts back on opportunity at that point because you have these preconceptions that you're like, oh, well, at any point this this business deal couldn't go through, or I don't really right. feel like the the connection that I have with this person is going to lead to anything, which ultimately couldn't be true. Maybe, and you just lost yourself a, a good relationship with a person. Right. But um, but this stuff really is applicable in business because what they don't teach you in school about business is how to handle the emotional stress that you go through once you're out in the real world. Absolutely. Cuz there's no like you know no there's no class on like how to work on your um occupational depression <laughs> after you lost an account. <laughs> it doesn't happen. No. You got to figure that stuff out. Right. And the, the the crummy thing is like your manager is not going to figure it out for you. No. All they look at is numbers. Right. Chris, you're down on your sales numbers today. How many calls did you make? Right. You know, that's the conversation you're going to have with them. Oh, not true. like, 
hey man, you're a little off today. What can we do to uh, improve your mental mood? Are, are you having any drag? Like, are you making stuff up in your head that's not real? Right. You know, you don't really have conversations with your sales manager about that stuff. No, because I mean, yeah, it's ultimately like, I think that should just be human skill. I mean, I, I, I'm totally in support of, of helping people through situations like that. But I think it helps you develop better as a person to deal with like disappointment and stuff like that, to experience it and kind of figure oh out. Oh my God, that is it. Yeah. Like literally, like I think of my daughter, she's nine. Right. She's in fourth grade. My one goal for her right now is to just be okay Yeah. with things totally not going the way that you thought they were going to go. Right. Not making a big deal out of the little stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Remember, right. Remember that book? Do you ever... Ever I, I'm not hear about that. I'll have to check it out. It's like this little thin book. It was popular in the I don't know '90s. Okay, and it was all about uh, you know don't get mad at the little things. It's, it's not worth it. Oh yeah, that's a great way to live. But kids, I notice. Well, the kids at my house, at least, <laughs> that are of my bloodline, they get upset at little stuff. Right? If something doesn't go their way. We don't watch the right television show. And it's we could lose it for like a half hour at least. Dang. So, you know, one th- like if I could get my daughter to be okay with things not showing up in life the way she thought they were going to show up, her not making a team, her not getting elected for something at school, her not getting an A on a test, her friend didn't say the right thing to her at school. Right. Like the better she can be at letting that stuff go, the easier life will be for her. Period. Absolutely. And that, to me, is more important than what grade she gets in her English class. Yeah. Because if she can master the social stuff and master her own thoughts about how things come to her in real time, so meaning an event happens to her, if she can analyze that and quickly decide, like, I'm not going to get mad about that, right? that's like a superpower. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and as an adult, uh, I will say this. At, like developing as an adult, I have come to realize like there are just things that I can't waste my energy getting upset over because it's like my schedule is already so hectic that I'm you know I'm doing so much in my life right now that I'm like okay if something upsets me I know it's going to be gone in like a couple hours right because I have like a better concept of time and what is valuable time to me and valuable time is doing things either for people that I care about. Or doing things to help improve myself. Like I feel like if I put a lot more time into those things and not worry about the things that aren't going well for me, I would make more progress. Like I, if I'm just sitting there dwelling on the things that I didn't get done, I'm still wasting time not doing something. That's exactly it. So yeah, because the I, quicker you can take yourself from negative thoughts to pr- productive action, right? Like the the shorter the time frame between those two. That's the game for me. Yeah. How can I just shorten up my emotion? Like, man, that really, I I had a crappy call with with somebody. Right. Right. It didn't go well. Yeah. I feel a little bit like sad, depressed, angry, whatever it is. Hmm. What can I do to change that right now to, to help me snap back into what I was doing? Right. And can I do it in five minutes? Yeah. Can I do it in 10 minutes, 15 minutes? And, so something I had to learn how to do was not give life to that. Right. Let me give you an example. Okay. I have a phone call with somebody. Doesn't go well. Or at least I'm for some reason it doesn't go well in my mind. Okay. Let's clarify that. I'm I feel sad about it. Um or maybe hurt. Yeah. 
then I go out and go into the common area and start talking to someone about it. Right. Oh, I mean, I just had this call and uh, you know, this guy said this to me and it is really upsetting. Now I'm giving life to, I'm extending the life cycle of that negative feeling, whatever it is, right. my reaction to the event, which is causing a drag on my performance. Meaning what I'm not doing is I'm not reaching out to other clients. I'm not working on business. I have in progress. I'm not thinking of creative marketing ideas. Right. So it's robbed me of my creativity, my drive, passion, whatever you want to say about that. Yeah. And so I realize now I have I have control to either talk about it or not talk about it. Right. I can bring it out into the common area and start telling everyone in the world about it. Or I can just be like, you know what? That didn't go the way I planned. Okay. Well, let's jump into something else. Right. Like let's just I'm gonna let that go as quick as I can. Totally. I don't want to be the one to pour gasoline on a time waster for me. Totally. And it's uh, it's crazy because it's like so that's a really hard skill to develop, I think. Like it's super hard. Yeah, it's it's like uh, on the list of things I want to develop the best because I mean, obviously I say these things and I still struggle with it, I, but I'm telling myself this because I want to get better at it. So I obviously still struggle with certain things when they don't go my way, like especially in a huge way. Right. It's it's really hard to kind of re like bounce back from that, but it's a matter of of doing it enough times that it's almost like routine. And I like not saying life constantly throws out negative things for me, but it's like I feel like if you're exposed to it more, you have almost like a a system at that point that you're like, okay, today maybe the traffic on the freeway was really awful, and I got to class 15 minutes late, and now I lost you know my participation in class that day. I'm going to be upset about it, but I'm going to go to my next class and be on time because I want to get the participation for that class. And I'll make up for the last one by doing maybe an extra credit assignment or talking to my professor and being like, hey, listen, unfortunately, maybe my scheduling wasn't that great that day. And I take fault for that because I feel like that's another great topic, too. I'm not going to spin off on that, but like taking blame for things like people. I feel like people don't do that as much anymore. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, So uh, there's a new book I got on. Audible. Oh, okay. And it is, it's the dichotomy of leadership, but the book before that was called Extreme Ownership. And it was from a Navy SEAL. And he writes about, he's writing to managers, business managers, and talking about how you only have power in a situation if you take responsibility for it. Absolutely. So someone may be late. That's a great example. Yeah. Someone may be late and they're going to blame it on the traffic or they're going to blame it on something happened at their household or whatever, right. showed up for they're going to blame it on something else. Someone who had have extreme ownership would say, "Hey, I apologize. I was late. I completely miscalculated how long it would take me to get here today. Right. I won't do that again." Yeah, that's it. Now, so you've done a couple things. You've taken it away from you as an excuse, so you right. can't bitch and moan about it. Anymore. Right. Other people appreciate you going, "Hey." That's cool. He he took full responsibility for that. Yeah. Because you could sit there and bitch your mind about, oh, the traffic was horrible. And there was this accident, and this, you know, I, I was just running behind in my house, and some I had a phone call right before I left, and no one wants to hear that stuff. No. And it kind of makes you look whiny. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a negative outlook to have too. If you're constantly complaining about things that maybe are in your control, not. I mean, you know. If you have a good sense of planning, like, okay, for me, for example, I have a class that's at 7.30 in San Marcos, and I live in Temecula. 
I get up at 5 o'clock to make sure I'm at that class by 7.30. So even if I get to campus at 6 or like, you know, 6.40 or whatever, and I have, you know, an hour or so that I'm just waiting on campus and, you know, not doing anything, I could be doing something productive. I could be doing homework. I could be doing stuff for literally anything. And true, I woke up a little bit earlier than I was hoping, but that's because I want to be there on time and show the respect to my professor that they deserve that I'm there on th- like on time to be there for that class. I feel like people, yeah, responsibility is another thing that people should kind of sort of understand in a better context because it's like, it, it and respect, I guess. Responsibility and respect are kind of two things that go hand in hand because respect is everything to me. I feel like I give everybody the same amount of respect that I I would like to get reciprocated. Right. Because, I mean, it doesn't hurt. I can be, I'm usually nice to everybody. I'm never mean to somebody unless they've given me a reason to be. And I I think that's a really good point. If you can focus on being responsible and not getting upset at the way things show up for you in life, like you are going to be so far ahead of so many people. Like, if I could, teach my kids to somehow not get so upset about the things that happen and to take responsibility. Like, you know, kids do that crap all the time. They blame stuff on their sister or their brother. (laughs) But I love when they, like my kids surprise me sometimes and they're like, yeah, I did that dad. I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so proud you told me that, <laughs> even though you broke whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't care. Like it's not the thing they did. It's, it's, it's their action. Cause it's like anything in life, they can repeat that action. They can keep taking responsibility for things. I'm not going to worry about them. Right. If they are the type that are always blaming other people and you're getting upset about stuff at all times, I'm worried about, I'm really worried about that. Totally. Yeah. And I think trust, trust and responsibility are great. Like, and honesty, like all of these words are like key words to me. Cause like, I think every relationship I've had has been built on, on trust and, and yes, it, it just being honest with people is way better than lying because when you lie about something that kind of almost leads to one of our topics, but like the guilt and having to live with that lie every day and trying to even, you know, make it bigger and bigger every time until it finally explodes. And it's even worse than if you would have just told the truth in the first place. Yeah. The guilt will eat you. Yeah. And that again, robs you of productivity. Right. So it's better to just take your lumps now you know, take responsibility. Yes. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry to people. Totally. There's nothing wrong with apologizing. Hey, man, I know I promised you this thing by today and it's completely my fault. Right. I did not perform on this for, I don't even think the reason's important. Just taking responsibility is what's important. Absolutely. The reason kind of goes to like blaming other things. Right. <laughs> I think the more reasons you give of why something didn't happen, you kind of, you're kind of getting away from responsibility. It steers away from it, yeah. But taking responsibility for that and then cleaning it up now versus down the road is going to save you so much mental energy. Oh, yeah. And how are we doing on time? Uh, let's see. We What time is it? All right. 7.44. So have, yeah, yeah. And we're at 21 minutes so far on our live. Well, a few more things. I guess I wanted to talk about. So I went to, uh, I guess, shout out to Michael Reese that led um, a double your income sales seminar that I went to today. Nice. And he's got a podcast called Rainmakers of Real Estate. Okay. If you're interested. But um, what a big point he was driving home over and over today was reality versus stuff you make up in your head. Yes. It's kind of what we're talking about the the fear acronym. 
Um, and he was talking about top producing salespeople are very, very much in touch with reality to the point where they know that anything that comes out of their mouth is essentially a filtered lie based on the actual occurring events. So to say that another way is there really is in life only just cause and effect, right? There's a cause, there's a fact that happened, and then there's our reaction to it. Right. And so he was encouraging the crowd today to really do an inquiry into every decision you make. Like, is this based on reality? Am I... Am I basing this on reality or was I just upset at the time? Right. Or am I biased in some reason in this situation? Or am I feeling tired so I'm making up an excuse? Or, you know, what's really going on? And uh, I thought that was really powerful. I mean, it's really simple, but it's really powerful and probably very difficult to do. Right. Like, it's probably very difficult to be cognizant and thinking about your thinking as you go throughout the day. Well, yeah, it's because, okay, so when you think about it, in your own mind, like if you're set so far in your ways, like if you're constantly in a way of or state of thinking, it's hard to think outside of that bubble. So, like to relate to to people who are depressed, because I've been depressed, that's all you can think about. So, for you to get outside of that reality, and well, like for me, for example, it's like my my life at a at that point maybe to me was you know at a low. But once I kind of got out of that mindset and started to see the reality of my life. I was like, well, maybe it's not as bad as I what I was making it out to be. It, it almost seems like you take whatever it is and make it to the most extreme that yeah. it be. Because when you're stuck with your thoughts and you're constantly thinking about it, it just kind of tumbles down. It gets worse and worse, and it kind of gets hard to dig yourself out of that rut. I think that's where like accountability partners help a lot. Oh, yeah. Like having someone else to bounce ideas off of, that you trust. Like right. someone that's going to give you an honest opinion. Yeah. Like, dude, that's a bunch of crap. Stop doing that. Right. Type of friend. Totally. Um, but that, because I need that. Yeah. From time to time. Um, like my business coach is a great sounding board because I can bring up an idea to him and he's like, well, why do you think that exactly? Or tell me more about that. And then, it's, it, I mean, he could just say the simplest thing. Like, is that really true? Yeah. And I have to answer honestly. Yeah, no, probably not. Right. So are you gonna are you committed to like going down that path anymore? No, not. Okay, good. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. So it's like cause there are things on our own, like I I fully believe if we were left by ourselves, we would go crazy. Oh, totally. Like uh Tom what's that Tom Hanks movie with the uh oh, Will, Wilson Paul Castaway, yeah. Like he goes crazy, right? right yeah. Because he's by himself. Yes. I le- I legitimately think that's how it would be. Because no one would be there to smack you around and go, dude, you're being an idiot. Right. Like, stop thinking that way. Yeah, a sense of like rational thinking. Cause like mm-hmm. the thing about people is we're all different. We all have different ideas about things and different ways of thinking. So it's like, yeah, it's I think, and going back to the human aspect, like humans are commutative people. Like we work well in communities and we work well with people. Yeah. We're tribal people. Yeah, we're tri- that's the better word to use. Yeah. And it's like I I couldn't imagine living by myself my whole life. Like I know some people are like, oh, I like to live in isolation, or you know, like they say that. But then when it actually comes down to it, I could not see that being a possibility. I could go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I like a few hours of silence so I can focus. Don't we all? Yeah. But beyond that, yeah, I don't know. 
gets a little, I get a little too crazy by myself. Well, it's like stimulation too. Like to have conversations and intellectual conversations with people, it's it's stimulating to the brain and it, it it's a learning experience. And seeing as that I love to learn at any possible like possible point, it it's it gives life more meaning to me to be able to have meaningful conversations and do meaningful things with people. Like right. I. I love having time to read by myself and I love watching movies by myself sometimes. But after I watch maybe one film or I'm done reading a couple chapters of a book, I need to go out and talk to people because I need to have a, like a happy balance. Yeah. It can't just be strictly one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. I, I would agree. Yeah. And it's not like, I, I mean like, so like, well, I know we talked about this a little bit last time, but like, Introverts and extroverts, like I, like I said, there are no strict one or the other. There's not like just a strict introvert. Or I honestly don't know what I am. Yeah, it's because it's, there's sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely an extrovert, right? And then there's other times I'm like, nah, no, no, I'm an introvert for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the heck. It I just am. depends on the mood. Yeah, yeah, I'm same exact way. It's, I always thought that, so as a psychology major, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, they, you know, there's always these theorems of like. Uh, you know, you were in this school of thought or this school of thought. Right. Like it's, um, it's biology versus your upbringing. And yeah. it's like, no, it's both, you <laughs> <Right>. know, <laughs> and, but it, it's such a weird thing. Like there's these two schools and they would try to, you know, rationalize why everything was upbringing or why everything was genetic. Right. And you're right. It's just like, no one is a true, no one is a true introvert. No one is a true extrovert. You are different in different situations at different times, right? And you're just a mix of both. Yeah, and I, I'm going to relate. And this. I think there's value to doing both. Oh yeah. By the way, and I, that's I, I was kind of leading to that. It's like so. I think in today's society, or at least okay, so for my millennial generation, I feel like we always think of things as gray, not necessarily black and white. And I think that's just kind of like the way that this mindset works. But it's like there are multiple different ways of doing something. So it's for you to say one thing is one way versus the other, and based on how much information we have out there today, we're constantly researching and going, well, yeah, that may be true for one thing, but did you think about this in this other aspect? And then you kind of turn it into this mesh of the both. Because I I don't really think that there's any subject that I could talk about where one specific subject versus the other is entirely correct. It's never been that way. So... I was I was listening to uh, an Ed Milet podcast yesterday, and he he had a quote. He was quoting someone else. Okay, and I, I, the quote escaped the um, author of the quote. It escapes me at the time, but essentially, what he was saying is, in this day and age with YouTube, yeah. and other educational platforms, um, ignorance is a choice, right? Meaning, literally anything you want to know about, you could feasibly learn about on the internet for free. Right. And it's so true. Oh, I think yeah. we talked a little bit about this last time, but like education is completely different nowadays versus how it was say even 20 years ago, 15 right. years ago. So again, he was saying something along the lines of, you know, ignorance is a choice. And it's like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's a very true statement. Because so, literally, the only thing holding you back is time. Yes. Like, I don't have time to watch every video on YouTube. But, right. hey, man, if I want to learn more about sales training or marketing for my clients or whatever it is, there's so much free content out there, and there's some great ideas for free. Oh, yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know if you and I have any great ideas, <laughs> but this stuff's free, by the way. This is true. And there's no other way. I mean, we couldn't have had... Uh, 
a broadcasting show. Oh yeah, even, you know, ten years ago is when it happened. Yeah, this is it's amazing how accessible this stuff is, and I, it's just a matter of having the knowledge. I mean, you have the knowledge. I have a, a, a good knowledge of what this, how this all works, but you. With your I wouldn't years say I have the knowledge. Well, I have some knowledge. That's better than no knowledge. That's and that's, you, you know, I can always do research and I can always work with you to get better at that. But yeah, going off the, the like learning stuff, like my brother, actually, this surprised me. I found this out today. He's actually like wanting to get into fishing because he started watching videos on YouTube about fishing and it's totally a character shift. Like if anybody knows my brother, I don't take him for a fisherman. Right. But... <laughs> The fact that he was able to like spend his time in his room watching people fish and kind of get techniques about that and inspire him to do that, I'm all for that. Isn't that cool though? Yeah, it's like, fantastic. It's just it just blows me away yeah. what you can pick up off the internet. Right. Yeah, amazing to me. Super cool. So we're probably ending up on our our time frame here. Any last thoughts? Any questions? Any comments? Yeah. Does anybody else have any? I mean, I. I think you and I had some good conversation. Um, there's nothing really else I can add. I guess, you know, my kids, if you're listening to this, just know that we all have our own filters. There's always a truth out there, but literally it's almost impossible for any of us to decipher the exact truth because oh, totally. we all have a filter. So just remember that. The more I remind myself of that, the better off I do. Right. Uh, thanks for checking out this podcast. So yeah. it's obviously uh, totally not real estate related <laughs> for anyone that knows me in that field. Um, Chris works with me at the office and we just had an idea to do this podcast, kind of a self-help type thing. Kind of t- I, For me, I'm talking as a dad to for things I want my kids to know. Right. Things that I think will make their life a little bit easier. And to be master. honest, yeah, you're, it's like a like a mentorship thing. Like you are giving me valuable information to develop as a person. So oh boy, it's it's great. I I really love. I have this. a third kid. His name's Chris. <laughs> You've officially adopted me. So, all right, guys. Jennifer says hello. By the way, hi Jennifer. My Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer Dalton. Oh, Jennifer Dalton. Hello. My wife is also Jennifer as well. This is true. All right, guys. Thank you so much for checking it out. Episode three coming. In a couple weeks. Couple weeks. First two episodes will be up on iTunes podcasts. Yep. Apple Podcasts, really. Pretty much. Within the within the week. Within the week. All right. Expect that. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank you.